welcome to a Life Doctor Mental Fitness Podcast, helping you change your mind so you can change your life. Now, in the past couple of weeks, more than one client has mentioned that they have been watching the BBC documentary on Nadia from the Great British Bake Off, struggling with her anxiety disorder. So out of curiosity, I wanted to see what help Nadia managed to find, as I know how hard the struggle with anxiety can be. I was disappointed. Whilst the therapists were helpful to some degree with changing her beliefs around anxiety, I found the approaches quite dated, leaving Nadia none the wiser and still struggling really unnecessarily with her anxiety. The focus still in the documentary was on her mindset. And sadly, this is the case for a lot of people seeking help with anxiety disorders. They're still overly focusing on beliefs and mindset It is important to do that, but there's so much more going on. And exploring the bigger picture of their anxiety can often lead to the changes they need to finally wind it down and to heal themselves. So with that in mind, I'm going to go through some of the things I didn't know about anxiety that made the biggest difference to me and also my clients. Now, I didn't know that my nervous system was struggling. I didn't know that it was possibly inflamed. I didn't know that I was causing my amygdala to be overreactive. And I didn't know that my chemistry imbalance was way out of whack. And I didn't know that the limbic system was so overreactive now due to what was a physical condition that it would just hijack me at the most inopportune times, leaving me feeling powerless and out of control pretty confused as well because again just trying to focus on the mental state that wasn't going to touch the sides I had to go back to working on my immune system my nervous system so that my brain could calm down so the first place to start was my lifestyle which looking back at it was totally unsustainable and adding way too much pressure to my nervous system to my immune system It was making it struggle. And I think having probably been predisposed to having an anxiety disorder because it does run through the family, but also what I was going through as a child, I was making it worse with my coping mechanisms. I needed caffeine because I was tired in the daytime, but also I was drinking it right through to the evening and then struggling to sleep. So that became a vicious cycle. I really didn't know that caffeine was going to keep me up all night. I didn't even process that's what it did as a drug. I didn't know that it was stimulating the flight or fight response, which I had too much of already. And listening to clients, you would think in today's society we would know this stuff. But actually, that's an assumption. A lot of people don't. And it's quite interesting when I go through people's lifestyle choices how many people still drink caffeine right through to the evening. Or for some people, they have a little nightcap. I remember one client turning up with a can of Red Bull for a therapy session, which was going to be focusing on relaxation techniques. They didn't know that it was part of the problem. But at least it was something that when they found out, that they could wind down and change quite quickly. Now, I also didn't know that my diet, which is quite bad in places, being a bit of a sugar fiend, I also really did like my uh, takeaways. 
I really did like junk food. I didn't know that this was inflaming my nervous system. Again, where were the vitamins and minerals to help me heal? It's no coincidence that most of my clients who come to see me also have quite appalling diets. And yet it is something that we can begin to turn around and change. I really didn't even place any importance on hydration either. Yet there's quite a strong link between anxiety and being dehydrated. So that's again something that if you are listening and you can relate to, that's something you can change quite quickly. Our bodies do need a certain amount of water each day. You can look up what it is for you and begin to incorporate that into your day-to-day habits. Make it easy for yourself to be, remain hydrated. Now, some simple lifestyle changes were beginning to make a big difference to me. Look, the reason I had anxiety in the first place, it may have been hereditary, it probably is, as it seems to run through the family, um, but also the trauma I experienced as I was growing up as a child. That meant my nervous system was probably more sensitive and struggling than people without anxiety disorders. I didn't know that one of the best ways to treat anxiety was to introduce exercise into my weekly schedule. Exercise not only produces endorphins, which are incredibly powerful for healing the body, but also it helps strengthen the amygdala to make it more resilient. And it wasn't something I should do. It was something I must do. If I really wanted my anxiety to heal, then I had to change my lifestyle habits. I had to increase the lifestyle habits, which would make the biggest differences to me. And I can't pretend that that was easy at times, as I craved foods that were high in fats, sugar and salt. It's interesting, because I really believed at the time I really wanted those foods. So it felt like I was being made to give them up. But actually, they weren't doing anything for me. I was losing much more from eating them than I was gaining. And by placing a real value on energy, on feeling well again, it became much easier to reverse and let go of things that were no longer helping me or holding me back. Other areas to consider are alcohol intake, because that has a powerful effect on your immune system and inflammation. So does nicotine and smoking cigarettes. If you're a recreational drug user, you may want to reevaluate that because, again, huge link between uh, recreational drugs and mental health disorders. And placing a healthy value on getting your sleep hygiene right. I used to be a real night owl, doing everything I could to avoid going to bed, to be honest. Um, I used to suffer with insomnia, probably caused by my little caffeine habit. So getting that right was a top priority because... As you may experience for yourself, we really do feel better when we begin to get a regular, a good night's sleep. Now remember that, that myself, you're not going to be an angel with any of these lifestyle changes that you make to begin to heal your anxiety. Try and aim around the 80-20 uh, percentage. So 80% getting it right and then 20% allow yourself to indulge if you must. Because remember, what we do more of really does make a difference to us. So maybe make a list of what lifestyle habits you have, which you suspect are reducing your quality of life and maybe exacerbating any mental health issues that you have. And you don't have to do the all or nothing approach. You can begin to just make these changes very slowly, very gently, just to ease yourself into them. Even if you just increase by 1% a day, 
you are moving in the right direction to reduce your anxiety and be more of the person you enjoy being. And I love hearing from clients who have made these changes, begun that process, and how they report how well they're beginning to feel. Why didn't they do this earlier? That's not going to be the focus for now. It's going to be, let's just start now. I mean, life's too short, way too short, to be held back by anxiety when you have the power to begin making small changes now. And again, another important factor that you can add on to lifestyle is how do you breathe? Now, I really, really didn't know that when I was being asked to take a nice big deep breath and my chest was puffing out like Superman, that uh, I was actually shallow breathing. And again, it's no coincidence when I ask new clients to take a nice big deep breath for me that they do exactly that, exactly the same. Somehow we gained a really bad habit of shallow breathing, which puts unnecessary pressure onto our nervous system and our limbic system. Because again, we're giving it the impression that there is a possible danger alert. Breathing to the diaphragm tells the brain we are safe. It can regenerate and heal your nervous system and reset it. It can reduce cortisol levels. There's so much to gain from being centred and breathing to the stomach. Now, I do love the scepticism of my clients. And that's really important because the techniques and strategies, changes in lifestyle really mean nothing unless they can feel them working. When that happens, aware of not only feeling better, but having more control, their anxiety begins to change forever. The way they interact with life changes forever. If you want to do a a deeper breathing exercise, uh, I have plenty of podcasts. You'll see them under centering, relaxation. Each of those podcasts go through how to relax and breathe to the diaphragm and why that's important. I think it's crucial to remember that we can't have control over our minds the way that we want if we are shallow breathing. We have to let the brain know that we're safe and to trigger that response by being centered, by breathing to the diaphragm. That has to become your new habit. Check throughout the day, are you being shallow or deep? And begin to move the breath down to the stomach to feel your stomach rise and fall. It really does make a huge, huge difference when it comes to anxiety. Now, just one more part before we end this podcast on a lifestyle change that is a common theme to uh, clients coming to see me with anxiety or depression or stress is how little fun they're having. It's like the play, the fun, the creative parts of them have been put aside for something that's more responsible, more dutiful, almost like they become a worker bee. So if you're not having fun, if you're not laughing a lot with your friends or family or indulging in pursuits which you get utter joy from, the chemistry from those experiences alone are priceless in helping heal your anxiety, depression, stress disorders. So they are a must too. But again, it's very easy to feel guilty about indulging in things which the mind can be tricked into thinking are frivolous. 
especially in a culture today which really does promote working, working and working. And that attitude can continue into the evening. People are multitasking continually, which is terrible for our brains. If you're one of these people who watch TV or you've got more than one screen open at a time, it's not going to do you any favours, especially when it comes to stressing out your lovely mind. Take back control. If you are going to watch something on TV, stick to that and put the other screens away. Uh, again, I know what that's like. We've, we're all guilty of it. Um, I tend to watch things with subtitles because there's nowhere I can look at my phone and read the TV at the same time. But indulging in your passions, indulging in things that make you feel alive are an important part to healing anxiety and mental health. Changes to your lifestyle are vital. What you eat, what you drink, who you hang around with, what your pastimes are, what you do for fun. Are you indulging in your passions? Are you, have you managed to find out your purpose? All of these things make a huge difference when it comes to mental health. And yes, of course, talking about your worries, your fears, things that are on your mind are important. And you can do that with a therapist who can help guide you through that process. But what you have control over are the small changes you can make to begin turning your life around and beginning to reduce your anxiety. I'm going to continue in the next podcast with some strategies and techniques that made a big difference to me when it came to treating my anxiety. I really didn't know how evolution had created a thought process that triggers a flight or fight response and help you reverse it. Nadia, from the BBC documentary about anxiety, should have had someone go through her lifestyle with her to check out just in case it was there anything that she was unwittingly doing that would have been exacerbating and making her anxiety worse. Then it's much easier to then focus on CBT processes or any mindset processes to help her change her anxiety even further. For example, how are you going to be calm and relaxed if you've just had a double espresso? Because reducing pressure on the nervous system makes it much easier to work with the mind. Trying to do it the other way around is really, really difficult. Again, your feedback and comments about my podcasts to help them improve are very welcome. Thank you for those that sent me your comments and questions and how you could relate to my last podcast on my own battle with anxiety. Please share, please subscribe and check out the next episode in the series.